Three girls are kidnapped by a man with a diagnosed 23 distinct personalities. They must try to escape before the apparent emergence of a frightful new 24th. Would the beast from this film even stand a chance against Mr. Tumnus? Probably not, but we'll let James McAvoy's performance speak for itself. Strap in as we dive deep into the psychological labyrinth of M. Night Shyamalan's Split. Hey, pardon me, sir. I think you have the wrong car. What the hell is going on? I was sent to get you for a reason. There's a flower on the pillows, a flower in the bathroom. Like, we're important. My name's Hedwig. How old are you? Nine. I've never seen a case like this before. 23 identities live in Kevin's body. An individual with multiple personalities can change their body chemistry with their thoughts. Someone's coming for you. Who's coming? The beast. We're meant for something. Something horrible. The world will understand now. The beast is real. back film lovers to another chamber of chills episode i'm adam ragsdale and i'm cameron long and today we are continuing the dissection of our top 50 horror films of all time in order we hope you are nowhere near the basement of a zoo because we're diving deep into m night Shyamalan's split um and it does take place in the basement of a zoo (laughs) (laughs) this horror thriller came out in 2016 with a pg-13 rating this is actually the first pg-13 rating we've had so far Really? I didn't know it was PG-13. Yeah, I thought it was R. Uh, And then I was like, oh, nice little surprise. It was directed by M. Night Shyamalan. He also directed, if you don't know who that is, um, (laughs) you should probably stop listening to this podcast. (laughs) Go touch some grass. Um, He directed The Sixth Sense in 1999. He directed Unbreakable 2000 and Signs in 2002. Mm. He is also the writer. So he is a writer-director. Does he write all of his films? I believe so. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So the star cast members are James McAvoy as Kevin Wendell Crumb slash The Horde, Anya Taylor-Joy as Casey, Betty Buckley as Dr. Fletcher, Haley Lou Richardson as Claire, and Jessica Sula as Marcia. Mm-mm-mm. The awards and nominations it received, it got an MTV Movies and TV Best Actor nomination for James McAvoy. And then it got a few nominations and wins at the Fright Meter Awards for Best Actor winner for James McAvoy, Best Supporting Actress winner for Betty Buckley, actually, Dr. Fletcher. Interesting. Okay. And the nominations for Best Horror Movie and Best Director and Best Editing. So a lot of Fright Meter Awards. It also got a few others, but those are some of the most notable. Nice. It received a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. It has a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it has a 3.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd interestingly. And then the budget was $9 million, which today is $11.5 million. The global box office, $278 million. Today, that's $355 million. That's pretty big. So it was a box office success. All right. Yeah. And then I could not figure out or find how long filming took. Yeah, that's been hard for me. I think we talked about this in the previous episode. It's been harder to find recently, but... 
Yeah, pretty crazy success though. Yeah, I didn't know it was that successful. Box office numbers. That's kind of surprising. All right, kick it Um, over to the film summary. Yes, as you guys know, we have just recently introduced a new part where we will summarize the film for those of you who will never see it or need a recap. So the story follows Kevin Wendell Crumb, as Adam had just mentioned, a man with dissociative identity disorder who has 23 distinct personalities. Some of these personalities are benign, while others are dangerous. And the plot kicks into high gear when Kevin abducts three teenage girls, Casey, Claire, and Marcia. Or is it Marcia? I don't know. It might be Marcia. I have no I idea. I am the worst at names, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, you said that now. I'm sweating like am I? I don't uh, know. At least you didn't say Papillion for <laughs> as above, so below. So. It's all right. That one, that don't was trust That me. was hard. Um, we could go with Marcia. We'll go with Marcia. <laughs> As the girls attempt to escape, they encounter different facets of Kevin's fractured psyche. Meanwhile, Kevin's therapist, Dr. Fletcher, becomes increasingly concerned about his condition. She discovers that a powerful 24th personality known as the Beast is about to emerge. Mm. The Beast is said to have superhuman abilities, and he believes in the purification of the human race. The film delves into the complexities of DID, trauma, and the potential supernatural elements tied to Kevin's condition. The suspense builds as the girls try to outsmart their captor and survive the emergence of the beast. And uh, uh-huh. they do not all survive the emergence of the beast. Dun, dun, but, dun. Oh yeah, spoiler alert for this film. <laughs> Gotta throw that in every time. Uh, yeah, spoilers will be spoiled. <laughs> um, is that all for film summary? That's it for the summary. You want to boogie us into the breakdown? Boogie into ball? the breakdown. Boogie, boogie in the Triple breakdown? Triple B, right up. <laughs> so, Triple favorite B. scenes... I did not put the intro for the Ooh, first time. Wow. Ever. All right. I did put the credits. Yeah. Plus the, the slipping in and out of consciousness. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Which happens after the intro. Yes. So I thought that that was cool and creepy and fun. I loved her coming in and out of consciousness. Yes. And then the credits play and then she's back coming in and out of consciousness and credits are playing. Yeah. I feel like if you can do that in a film, in just the right ways, it can be really effective. Totally. Like the coming in and out of consciousness because you're like, oh my gosh, like you're also trying to figure out what's going on yeah. through their perspective. So mm-hmm. I thought this film did a really good job with that. I did say the opening scene. Okay. But I also had to clarify that it's definitely not perfect because there, <laughs> there were some problems with it for me. Yeah. The only things I did like about it is, well, I, I liked the way it was shot first of all. And I liked that like moment of silence um, where, you know, he gets in the car, he sedates the girls in the back seat, mm. And then it's just like him and Casey sitting in the front seats. And there's kind of this like weird tension. And then she reaches for the door. And like, as soon as she like pulls the handle, there's that click and he turns and looks at her and then leans in to also sedate her. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. The tension was great. But like I said, it's definitely not perfect. I thought the dialogue early on was a little with the dad. Yeah. Yeah. A little rough. And on top of that, I didn't think it made a lot of sense for him to sedate the two girls in the back and then just not address Casey in the passenger seat. Yeah. He just lets her sit there. And I think that's again, just kind of for the sake of the plot, which I say a million times in all of our other, other episodes, but I don't know. Thought that was a little weird. Yeah. But which, I still I still enjoyed it. But the opening credits were also, I mean, El Fuego. Yes, I completely agree. No, I have a few changing chambers about the intro. Ooh, but, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I I can definitely see that. 
I loved the hunting tips in the woods with yeah. the father and daughter. I mean, we talked about an orphan that, you know, scene between the mother and her daughter. And now mm-hmm. we have a scene between a father and a daughter and they're in their tent. And he's teaching her how to like aim a rifle. Yeah. And it was just cute and sweet and intentionally building this emotional appeal for Casey right off the bat. Yeah. He was a great dad. Yeah. Great movie dad. Yep. R.I.P. I wish he was my movie dad. I wish he was my movie daddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, we already mentioned the credits. And for those of you, we'll just a quick reason why. Yeah. They would show a name and then the name would split off into like 20 different copies of the same name. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a reflective piece of the plot. Yeah. Um, I said when he is first like demonstrating his disorder. So the girls hear him talking outside in the other room and mm-hmm. there, it sounds like there's like a woman and then there's like the guy who yep. kidnapped them and they're like oh my gosh like come help us please and then you hear the woman say like how many are in there like you know and mm-hmm. they're like oh my gosh yeah we have help and then he opens the door and he's wearing like a long skirt and the turtleneck and you're like oh this guy's just crazy and then you can yep. see that on their faces too they realize like this is a really bizarre situation. Yes, this so, was literally my next one. Yeah, was, I, I thought yeah. that was really cool. I completely agree. And as the audience, you think, oh, it is a woman. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I remember the first time being like, oh Me my too. gosh, it was, yeah. It's well, yeah, when he opens him. the door. There's like he, no hope. Yeah, and yeah. he is, which we'll talk yeah. about this too, but like his performance as those different oh, characters. Yeah. I added the therapy session that explains his 23 identities. Mm, yeah. Uh, was a clever way to reveal his disassociative identity disorder and more which is obviously more commonly referred to as multiple personality disorder mm-hmm. um and it's the first time we hear his name was kevin and so i thought that that was just a clever way to introduce his situation without having to like explain that you know what i yeah, mean for sure i actually liked almost all of the therapy sessions i thought yeah. it was cool to see like and again for those of you guys who don't know he basically is sending the therapist an email in the middle of the night mm-hmm. every night saying like, we need your help immediately. Like I need to meet you tomorrow. Then he shows up and he's like, oh, I was like just having an emotional reaction to something. I'm yeah. fine. And she's like, well, you keep sending these. E-. And it's because one of the nice quote unquote personalities mm-hmm. is emailing like this is an emergency. They're taking over the horde or whatever. And then anyways, the bad guys are then taking over later. And kind of just telling the therapist, like, no, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I completely but, agree. Um, I said the window scene in Hedwig's room. Oh, yeah. When uh, yeah. he tells her that he has a window. So she's like trying to convince him to take her down there. He plays his music and whatever. And he shows her the walkie talkie. Mm-hmm. I liked this scene because she obviously attacks him, takes the walkie talkie because he's supposed to be like nine. Well, that personality. And she takes it and she starts like crying for help. And then when you see him switch from Hedwig to Dennis. Yeah. Because Hedwig again is nine and Dennis is like a grown man. The physical difference from the same guy is crazy. crazy. Because he's this little boy and then you see him like standing all like tall and like buff. And he just overpowers her so quickly. It's like. Just a super cool concept to me. Well, and I know we have a section obviously dedicated to acting, but like that his not only his transformation with his voice and his face, but his body. It was so critical to like how he played his role. 
Um, which I, I know we just got off the therapy discussion, but my next one was the therapy session where he transitions from Barry to Dennis. Oh, so good. And like, she's like, I, I feel like I'm talking to Dennis. And yeah. he's like, no, you're talking to Barry. And then she's like, Dennis, please, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. and then he's just like, all of a sudden, like changes into like- His posture. His and, posture. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's so just detailed. Yeah. Uh, I also put the scene that they're all trying to break out while the beast is running back. Yeah. I just think that builds so much tension, so much yes. suspense. The girls with the hanger um, trying to unlock the door, which was pretty repetitive. But I mean, it, it's like you feel like they're getting closer and closer and closer. Yes. And then the beast is on his way. Anya Taylor Joy is trying, or Casey. Yeah. <laughs> Not Anya Taylor Joy. Um, <laughs> she's trying to like break out. And then yeah. the uh, Dr. Fletcher is also trying to break out. So all four of them are like having their like, own panic. Which one will get out? Yes. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Which ends I, up being Casey. Yes. Casey is our survival final girl. Yeah. The, yeah. Final girl. Um, I also said the beast. Um, really though, kind of the introduction to the beast because you've been hearing about this 24th personality the whole movie. Yeah. But when he kind of also, he goes in and out of consciousness and so he wakes up and he's Patricia and you mm-hmm. see him, you know, do his thing and then he kind of blacks out and now he's Dennis and like you almost follow with him like and he is like teleporting to different locations and because he's changing those personalities and mm-hmm. but then yeah, when he's running home, they're trying to get out and then I guess fast forward a little bit, but when he like the beast is in the room with her and she gets Kevin to come out, who's the original mm-hmm. guy at the core of all of it. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. All um, of his identities coming to the light at yes, once. Yes. That like a lightning Crazy round fashion. Yeah. Acting. That was really, really cool. So good. No, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. He can't handle reality. My name is Jade. Has Dr. Fletcher been getting our emails? This is what we have to do. We can. As in 1008, when Anadipala suffered the Shahi's most crushing defeat and Mahmud overran the entirety of the Punjab region, taking the famed Temple of Kangra, we have been wronged by this alliance, this horde of Patricia, Dennis, and the boy. Their actions do not represent us. They are every... Everybody just take a minute. Oh, baby girl... They've been stealing control of their life from me, but their group are going to work through this. Honey, my name is Barry. So that was my last favorite scene, but okay. um, I just cover my bases. I added the beast knocking out the lights while he's crawling oh, on the ceiling. That shot. Dude, so good. So sick. And I remember uh, in theaters, a lot of people like being tense about that. Yeah. I really, I think that might have been the sickest shot of the whole film. For sure. Um, so the way even he swings his arm. Oh, and you can't see him. And yeah. you're like, oh my gosh. Like, and yeah. you haven't really fully seen the beast yet. I don't think, maybe you have actually. I don't think so. You, well. Not like his face. Not really. I don't not think. enough. But really just the climax as a whole, I enjoyed, which I know that there are some people that were like, eh. Uh, the jail cell, him bending the bars and blood coming through his teeth. Yeah. Just. I also enjoyed how long the climax was because I feel like so often yeah. horror films, the climax is like a minute long yeah. and you're like, it was all this buildup just for that. Uh, and yeah. I, I enjoyed that it was very drawn out. And then my last one was- Sounds like a bad date. Yeah, really, truly. <laughs> Man, all that buildup. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I agree because some horror films are like, okay, yeah. we got you there. Here's yeah. the ending and it's over. And, and you're, then like, boom, you're like, 
Well, that was fast. Kind of like, I mean, American Werewolf in London, that climax yeah. like was very short. Yes, for sure. Um, the, and then I, I put, I enjoyed that the whole setting was in a basement of a zoo, I think, which isn't really, you know, um, favorite scene, but I. It's a cool detail. It's a cool detail. Cause you have no idea the whole time, like where they are. Yeah. And I think that as soon as it gets to the end of the film and Casey's able to make it out. Yeah. Then you realize, like, oh my gosh, they've been in the basement of the zoo this whole time. Yeah, which is really interesting. Well, so. and it's cool as you you can also if you watch it back though for the second time, you'll notice things now that you know they're in the basement of a zoo, like in Hedwig's room. There's mm-hmm. all of these like gift shop items from a zoo. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that makes sense now because now I know they're in the basement of a zoo. So yeah. that's just, I think, cool details sprinkled throughout. The subtleties. The sweet subtles. Sweet subtles. <laughs> uh, the concept. Yep. I, I enjoyed the concept. Me too. Uh, I, I said utilizing the mind as a tool that can literally transform the body was fascinating. Yeah. Also, that paired with the beast coming to devour anyone who wasn't quote-unquote clean due to his other personalities viewing Kevin as weak yes. was interestingly like twisted yeah um which i thought was unique in its own way so uh and i also just love a good build and i think the build up to the beast was executed well i think so too i think if you can take which i know it can be controversial at times Mm -hmm. so you have to be delicate but like taking a mental disorder and then kind of fleshing it out to make it a horror film Mm -hmm. i think that can be really interesting if you do it in the right ways i think they do it in a right in the right ways <laughs> yeah I agree. Um, so i think that concept's cool i love the concept of having you know good personalities and bad personalities that yeah. are trying to take over and then yeah the beast with the purification of the human race very interesting stuff so i i thought it was a pretty cool concept yeah i completely agree the director's touch Mm-mm-mm. i saw that some mental health advocates criticized the film for its stigma stigmatization of mental health oh well, that which, goes back on exactly what I, I just know, <laughs> I know, which I know we'll talk about in hot takes as well. Yeah. Um, however, okay. I'd venture to say M. Night Shyamalan did this very tastefully. Uh, yeah. He took something that could have been very exploitative and easily rated R and left a lot up to the viewer's mind, uh, which I really appreciated, especially yeah. with the child abuse, both from Casey and Kevin's past. Oh, for sure. And I mean, honestly, I thought that a lot of the film was like, advocating for a better understanding of people with this disorder yeah which i thought was great and of course you know it did take a twisted route but it's truly a case of someone with severe trauma who feels the need to now inflict that trauma on others in order to feel powerful which is a cycle that does exist in the world for sure i think so yeah very prominent theme there for sure and yeah because in the movie dr fletcher is trying desperately to get people to understand this condition yes it is always hard to comment when like we obviously don't have experiences with that. But yeah. from an outside perspective, I don't feel like it was done in poor taste. I feel like he did do a pretty good job at walking that fine line. And you can tell he was really intentional about his decisions. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. yeah, you bring up, you know, the abuse as kids, which it's almost like orphan where you're like, uh, mm-hmm. like, please don't show it. Yes. And he did it. And you're like, yeah. okay, thank goodness. Because I, I didn't want to see... Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just having taste in Alluding those moments. Alluding to a lot, which I think is very Because some directors, exact opposite. They yeah. get a little too comfortable in that chair well, of theirs. We talked a little bit about you know. American Psycho. Like they, we, I believe that yes. you know, she could have alluded to a little bit more which, than she yeah, showed. For sure. 
Did you have any more on director's no. touch? The acting. I cut you off so fast there. No. Any more on the director's <laughs> no. touch? No. Move on. No, I'm done. <laughs> That's it. Um, <laughs> acting. Dude. So, James. James. Jamesy. Jamesy boy. Which, okay, so to just take a step back. Yeah. The acting was split for me. Okay. I agree. But I think James and that Anya were really good. By the way. so good. <laughs> so good. Yes. Especially Jay. And Anya's great in everything she does. Yeah. I she's feel a like horror I've never goddess. seen her. Yeah. Never yeah. seen her do anything bad. Um, but James McAvoy in this film, the way, yeah, like you said, his transitions with mm-hmm. his facial expressions, the voices, the demeanors. It's so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It makes the film truly so entertaining. Yeah. If you got the wrong person to play that role, I think it'd be half as entertaining. I completely agree. I think that he, that character had to carry the film and yes, he does. He for sure does. And the praise that he received from the critics on this film is very on par. I mean, yeah. I think that it was, it's much deserved. And I agree with the split in the acting. I think him mm-hmm. and, Anya Taylor just yeah crushed it so good. Um, and then I think the other cast were just like, eh. Doctor Fletcher was all right. Yeah, I was surprised by Haley Lou because she's normally I feel like decent. Mm-hmm. She was okay for me. The one, Marsha or Marcia, that yeah. actress was really rough. For Which me. I was like, again, this goes back to the actor versus screenplay versus director debate. That's yeah, I have that note coming up. <laughs> Which like. The screenplay might have aided some of that acting. For sure. Because it was there were parts where it was either very overdramatic and I was like, that's yeah. a little unrealistic. And then other parts where I'm like, what was that delivery? For sure. <laughs> delivery, yeah, it's it's yeah. hard to know. Like you can think about it being on paper. Did she just do a really bad job? Yes. At, which the director can catch and, you know, so maybe it's on him. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's hard. And I think it's also tough because some directors, like I know working with Steven Spielberg was the best time of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I've never worked with Steven Spielberg. When we were in Jaws. Whenever we were in Jaws yeah. um, and you were the shark. The crazy. And uh, no, I, I've heard that Spielberg is a hire great actors and get out of their way. Sure. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Because you're, you're hiring the actors you think are the best fit and you're going to say, okay, now it's your character. Yes. You run with it and he's going to get them, give them very little direction on how their character reacts. Yeah. But then there are others that I'm like, you should have told them to well, react like this a yes. little bit more. And she's obviously a, she's not as well known. Yes. This she's p- a younger specific actress, actress. I already forgot her actors, name. Actors. Actress. Actress is what I always forget. Um, so I think she could have used a little bit of direction. Yes. Um, okay. There's one part that like really stood out to me that I was like, what was that reaction? And it was whenever he says your sacred food. Oh yeah. Dude, the reactions were not <laughs> big enough. I'm flipping out. Well, And then she says something dumb. Like she's like, do you think he's going to feed us to his dog? I'm like, wait, what? That's your first reaction. If anybody tells me and I'm locked in their basement that, I'm sacred, I'm sacred food. food. I'm looking at the others and I'm like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going ballistic. I am getting yeah. um, immediately out of there. And, yeah. and honestly, like cast extras very well too, because yes, the dad at the very beginning, 
Yeah. A kind soul, you can tell. But kind soul. that acting was just not it. Not and it. I'm like, that's the intro to the film. Yeah. Like, you, that's you don't like, want to start that way. And well, and there was this, even the dialogue, I, it's one of the first lines of dialogue in the movie, but they're talking about Casey's character. And I think it's Haley Lou's character. And she says, she gets detention a lot and she yells at teachers sometimes. I was like, what? That's such a weird line. And like, Again, maybe it was the delivery yeah. that did, like, maybe you could have done that in a way that made it more cohesive and nar. linear. That's not happening. It's a nar. <laughs> just, I immediately kind of was like, oh, not You're a just great kind of taken out of it. Yeah, it really does. Especially being the intro. For like, sure. Oh, come on. But uh, James McAvoy uh, carries he, everybody on his back. He makes up for some of the like, other mishaps. So good to watch. He just agree. demands your attention anytime he's on screen. Yeah. And I love when... A, like performance does that totally agree the screenplay was overall i mean we were just talking about it a little bit it's overall good for the most part there were definitely moments where it wasn't extremely believable or yeah. a little over a little over dramatized especially when the girls are like freaking out sure uh, i do love some of the lines like i think mm-hmm. the line the broken are the more evolved oh yeah is a very well written so line. good um really all of kevin's lines I think are Written really well intentionally crafted. That's a great character. Dr. Fletcher's lines, I think are very well crafted, but I feel like everything else was kind of just like put in there to assist the other things that For were sure. great. They just kind of filled in around yes. it. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. There's the dog line. There's the line about the <laughs> detention and yeah. she yells at teachers sometimes. And then yeah. there's another one where she said something like, Claire's smart. Let's listen to her. I don't know. Again, maybe I just have beef with this actress. I don't know. <laughs> But there were just lines where that best no Marsha oh, or Marcia, like that yeah. specific character just said things and I was like, Why are you here? Like, get out of here. Yeah. But there that That's said, true. I think some of the dialogue I was just surprised by M. Knight's writing in some of these, because I don't know. I feel like it could have just been a little bit better. I agree. Which is why I have been so successful in my own filmography. Yeah, that's why you're going to the Oscars. <laughs> exactly. So maybe you should listen to Chamber of Peace. <laughs> but I don't know. I think there's definitely, there are the pros and there are the cons. Yeah, I Kind of like the acting. Yeah. It's a little split. It's I'm a little sorry, I'm, that's the last one. I'll go to timeout. <laughs> How many uh, references can we make to the title? <laughs> the score. With this one a lot. Probably, totally, yeah. <clears throat> I loved the pulsing bass. Yes. Um, it just added so much to the intensity. For sure. It was very atmospheric. The tension was really great with yeah. it. I thought it was super good. Uh, cinematography. I really liked it on several occasions. Yeah. It was really symmetrical. For sure. Which, oh yeah, that's true actually. Which I didn't realize the first time I watched it. Yeah. And then this time watching, I was like, whoa. Well, now like, I'm thinking back to a lot Shyamalan of scenes. was very symmetrical with a lot of the shots. Which he did say that I guess this was one of the most challenging films for him like ever in mm. terms of how to film it. Interesting. So that's, I mean, it paid off. But I really liked too, like, again, those transitions on McAvoy's face, like the way you had those close-up shots that just really helped you translate that performance to yeah. the screen. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I completely agree. But the symmetry, that's a great note. I I didn't notice that at the time, but now that you say that, I could definitely picture certain shots where, yeah, it was pretty symmetrical, especially with the hallways, mm-hmm. you know? The hallways, and then even in the rooms, yeah. you have like two lights up here and two beds behind them, and yep. they'd be like right in the middle. So I thought mm, that, that now was... Now I'm like, like, is there like 
intention with that? Yeah. I don't know. I know. Spicy. Spicy. Okay. Overall impact, I personally think that it felt a little bit more like a psychological thriller. Yes. Up until the climax when it took a horrific turn. Yes. But it was pretty great. Um, Definitely. And it, it really played a lot into the buildup. And it wasn't an everyone gets out alive film, which I yes. enjoy and had a lot of deeper writing, like dealing with trauma that I think was, I personally think was well executed. Yeah. There was some death, death. <laughs> there was, well, there was, death. there was death. There was that. There's too. also depth. <laughs> and uh, depth. <laughs> I do appreciate that in a film. And like you said, when, you know, I, it's one of my biggest pet peeves, which don't come for me. <laughs> but like Stranger Things, I think is terrible about this. Mm. Everyone always lives. Yes. Except for the newly introduced characters. Dude. You've got to have the stakes raised by dispensing. Like, you've got to let people die. I Stranger Things is not that to go down that tangent. Yes. But they introduce a new character at the beginning of the season. That character dies at the end always. of the season. And always. their main characters never die. Yes. And Which, that's... Vampire Diaries is the same way. Not to expose myself, I'm watching it and it's very I good. I still need to watch it. But they're the same way. Uh, that's why I have a truly, truly deep respect for Game of Thrones. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, like, and this is a little special segment. I may charge for this. Oh, okay. But hot takes for Stranger <laughs> Things. I wish Max died. At she should have died. I love Max. But when I saw... She should Which have this is now died. just a Stranger Things podcast. Yep. When she's, you know... <laughs> Her limbs are snapping. She almost died and they bring her back. All that to say, Split does not do that. And I really appreciate that because when a horror film makes you feel like anybody can go, you're like, oh, this is really intense. I don't know yeah. who's going to make it. Yeah. So. I agree. All right. Shall we fly into the fact Let's forest? Fly. <laughs> Grab your fly hiking into the sticks. Forest. Um, okay. So did you know mm. inspiration for the film Real-life multiple personality Billy Milligan, charged with three rapes, was the first person diagnosed with multiple personality disorder to use an insanity defense by reason of that disorder, mm. and also first to be acquitted thus. Milligan had 24 personalities, just like Kevin Wendell okay. Crumb. On the nose. Consisting of 10 desirables, Billy Milligan, Arthur, Reagan, Alan, Tommy, Danny, David, Christine, Christopher, and Adelana. And 13 undesirables, Phil, Kevin, Walter, April, Samuel, Mark, Steve, Lee, Jason, Bobby, Sean, Martin, and Timothy. Mm. And the teacher, a fusion of all of the other personalities. Whoa. That's kind of creepy. But yeah, crazy. The teacher? The teacher. And it's, yeah, just that culmination of all of the other ones. Wow. So that's kind of interesting that that's what they drew inspiration from. That is very interesting. Um, 24, that's so many. Yeah. When Joaquin Phoenix and the production couldn't reach a contract agreement, James McAvoy was cast in the lead. It was so originally Joaquin Phoenix, was Joaquin get it? Phoenix Interesting. which is crazy. And on, I love, love Joaquin Phoenix. It's so hard for me, though, when I see such a great performance from McAvoy to think of anybody else doing it. But I don't know. I guess, which this is coming up. Well, I'll just go and say it then. Um, hmm. Shyamalan met McAvoy at Comic-Con. Okay. And... McAvoy had just completed X-Men and so he had like the shaved head and everything and during the course of that conversation Shyamalan realized that this is the guy we need in our film mm. and I'm thankful for that because I really truly think 
yeah it worked so well but it also in another world in the multiverse would have been interesting to see joaquin phoenix take on this role here's the thing like joaquin phoenix would have been able to do the role really really well up until the beast i don't know if yeah. he's intimidating he's enough because james mcavoy was ripped yes yeah he's a, well, i was gonna say he guy. might be a different sort of beast where he's like scarier with yeah. his like face and reactions that's true but as far as like being like a ripped monster, yes, I think James McAvoy would have bodied that better. Yeah, quite literally, he would have bodied that. <laughs> um, and then interesting though, James McAvoy broke his hand during filming after he got angry at not getting a certain scene. He became so annoyed with his performance that he ended up hitting a door, which he thought was a fake door. Oh my god! But it was solid metal. Oh, it was were, metal? Yeah. And so viewers can actually see his hand is injured during the scene where he's on a train and he's putting on his glasses. Which, relatable, because I also broke my hand punching a concrete wall. So <laughs> After you didn't get happens. the scene. It, exactly. And Jaws, the shark, I just couldn't get my swim right. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I already said this earlier, but Shyamalan stated that shooting this film was the most challenging of his career. Mm. So those are our little fun facts for you. Around yeah. this film, one of my favorite segments of the podcast. That makes sense. But kind of fun. Yeah, no, I like that. That's very interesting. I uh, Going into film mishaps, mm. I found a few. Okay. At the end of the movie, Casey's makeup and hair are perfect, despite mm. being held hostage, running around in the filthy maintenance basement and fighting with the beast. Hey, it's Anya, man. She's the That's queen. That's true. She's always looking pretty. No, I, but I, yeah, that was I agree with that. Unrealistic. Yeah. She'd have been sweating gross. Uh, when Dr. <laughs> Fletcher receives the first email from Kevin, mm-hmm. the subject reads, we need you. However, when she opens the email, it says no subject in the subject line. Oh, interesting. So yeah, that's like a flaw. little... It's a little, little mistake. And then last one. Casey would not have been put in a police car after suffering such a severe leg wound. But after the initial dressing of the wound in the ambulance, she would have been transported directly to the hospital for treatment and a full examination because of the nature of the crime and the severity of her injury. That's a great point. She was like bleeding out. She's bleeding bit. out the back of a cop car. Yeah, they're like, your chill. uncle's here. Hey, she's Anya. She's a great <laughs> <That's laughs> excuse for anything. They just know that she's like, she can do anything. To add to that, the only thing, and American Psycho did this a little bit. This is one of my pet peeves. When the actor is not speaking but you hear them talking so they're dubbing you know they went mm-hmm. over in like post-production and they put dialogue over a scene yeah where they're not speaking and they show it like you've got to be more subtle about it there were a couple of scenes where i was like it's so blatantly obvious james mcavoy is not speaking but you hear his character <laughs> talking oh that like irks me so much i don't know <laughs> why so that was that was one i i found do you have a scene in mind i can't even yeah, so it's when he's first leading all three of them, or maybe it's just, I remember he's leading them out of that first initial room, hmm. and he like turns back to say something to them, and he's speaking, his mouth is not moving, and I was like, yep, there it is, and I wrote it down instantaneously. Uh, that's annoying. I'll catch well, good you. Catch. Good catch. Change chamber. Mm-mm-mm. We're here. Is there anything that doesn't make any sense? Uh, I have several things that okay. don't make sense. Kick us off. I'll kick us off. The entire intro car scene. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I Okay. Her slowly turning around. Yes. Like he gets in the car and she's like. 
dude, I would be and I was like, jilted. Dude. Yeah. If my, yeah. I, that, Which I will say, because I, I really liked this movie. I still really like this movie. Yeah. But when we had turned it on to start watching it and we had our first little watch party, mm-hmm. so we had some friends join us to watch this one. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I've let us down this like this movie's terrible by that opening <laughs> scene. And I said, it's one of my favorites because I do like the tension, but yeah. there was also with the dad's acting, the dialogue, it not making sense. The whole sedation process. I, I was just like, Oh man, we're in for a roller coaster. I completely. Yeah, I agree. And also Casey could have just easily jumped out of the car. Yeah. She took her sweet time, which she did. I get it. Like sometimes people just freeze up in fear. Sure. But not me. She's like slowly <laughs> and then she like clicks and then she like slowly turns <laughs> and like, then oh. he's like puts on his mask and then I'm like, yeah, I'm Ladies, busting out of the car. Get out of there. I'm jumping through the window. Yeah. I'm decking him in the throat. For sure. Oh, come on. That didn't <laughs> make throat, sense to me. That's a good one. A nice shot to the Adam's apple would take me out. I, I know, know that. Dude. So I'm definitely not kidnapping you if you <laughs> deck get me out in of there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I said the editing only, so I like the editing for 90% of the film. There's just one scene in particular. I think it could have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it. It's when Dr. Fletcher is talking to some random guy about Kevin's condition. And it was cutting back and forth from her conversation with him to these like random, it almost looks like stock footage of Dr. Fletcher just like hanging out in the city. Mm-hmm. So there's her at like an art museum and you like see her walking around and like her voice is still like on top of those clips. And so it's like this narration, but yeah, I almost wish it just would have felt more clean and professional if they just kept that scene where she's explaining it to this guy, but it was like shot. I don't know. You could have done more there instead of just showing these random like stock images of Dr. Fletcher walking around or I yeah. don't know. That was kind of like, more on my opinion. So it's not really like an objective. Like, yeah, that was terrible. I just didn't love it. No, I agree. That does make sense. Um, but, good call. Out. I said getting in the locker to hide instead oh of continuing gosh, yeah. to run. This is she's Haley's so character, Claire. So close. I know she's probably worried about him outrunning her, but she was like way ahead of him. So Super like ahead. Also, there are like four lockers, girl. Like, yeah. she, he's going to fight you. Yeah, for sure. So that I was just like, okay, come on. Well, and I forgot how she gets caught from that because she's like breaking through the ceiling Same. to get out. And I was Same. like, wait, how does he catch her? I after forgot this? she escaped. She, like, I was like, oh, she wow. kind of got out. Well, it's because she jumps down from the vent and then just hides in a locker. And you're like, keep going. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he was way behind her. I agree. And, so a different chase, but I said intensifying the chase. I loved the scenes with the beast and I love, like we said, the light scene where he's you know, mm-hmm. punching out the lights, but which my mind is now just, it's just going. But I think I would have liked to see, because Dr. Fletcher finds the girls. She's like, I'm going to use the bathroom, but she's really just going to go look around. Yeah. And she finds the girls and he pretty much immediately shows up and knocks her out and then she dies. Yeah. I would have liked like Does a the cool, boa constrictor. Yeah, that which that was pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. But I would have liked to see I don't know, maybe she gets out. You know, maybe she's like on the surface again. She mm-hmm. gets out from underground and she you know, there's like the woods kind of that separate the street from the zoo and whatever and where that gate is. Maybe she's like getting towards the gate. They could have done like a cool shot of him like you show like his animalistic qualities a little more like mm-hmm. 
Which then again, this does take away from him punching out the lights because a great part of that is not knowing so much about him so far. Yeah. Like the beast. But I don't know, maybe him like, like in the trees or like, I don't know, even pull a get out and show him like her, because she's obviously older, like running, you know, and you're in front. And you see the beast like emerge from like the very back of the frame. And then he's just like slowly gaining on it. Like, I don't know, something cool like that. Dude, you could have added just to make it a little more horrifying. It wasn't ever very scary. It was intense when he was coming home and they were trying to get out. Yeah. But after that, when he arrives, he's not as scary minus the hallway light scene. Yeah. No, I agree. That's I think the point I'm trying to make. You could have made the hallway light scene happen earlier on with Dr. Fletcher. Oh, and then ooh, now yeah. Casey has to run through a dark hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which something is, like that. Yeah, and now he's creeping in the just shadows. to add a little more imagery totally. that makes it just haunting. I totally agree. I said there's no reason why the others, the other like alterations of Kevin, uh-huh. couldn't just directly alert Doctor Fletcher of the problem by sending him emails about that instead of merely just making appointments. Oh, because. Yeah. Like that's true. One of the other persons. Okay, so one of the other persons sends or personality sends Doctor Fletcher like six hundred emails saying we need you instead of just sending one email stating why they need her. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that would have made a lot more sense. You know, again, sake of the plot. Yes. Uh, how could you? How do you find out if somebody has been a, hasn't or has been abused slash isn't broken in three days? True. He says that he stalks them for three days and that's how he finds out if they're quote unquote broken or not. Oh, That doesn't make any sense to that's me. That's a great point. That I'm like, there's no way you would know. Yeah, like, for sure. How do you know somebody's abused just by stalking them for three days? Yeah. Like, I don't think that that's realistic. I It felt unrealistic just for the setup and yeah. just to add to the plot. Uh, so I think it was a mess. You literally could have fixed it just by changing the line from three days to six months or something like he's been stalking them for six months and like that's how he's found out but still a more thorough process yes like yeah uh still like if you're unless you're able to see every aspect of that person's life yeah i don't know how you're vetting their brokenness for sure that kind of just felt that's a great point and i didn't even get that deep into it because i didn't think about yeah the process of getting the girls that's a great point though because there's no way he would have been able to which he's not in his right mind but you still feel like if this is the purification of the human race he would do a little more a little more investigative work to figure that out yeah and then um the walkie-talkie it being a a prank i know i hate Dude, hate that. This cliche. happened in what? Oh, American Psycho. Yes, where it's like this elaborate, very. It's like a long. It's not. You like can super tell. short. Like yeah. this is not a prank, and he For keeps sure. correcting her. The guy at the end, the end of the walkie-talkie, because she Casey steals Kevin's walkie-talkie, like Cameron yeah. mentioned, and he's like, "Help, help! I'm trapped down here." And he's like, he's "How'd you get me? this walkie-talkie? Stop playing games!" And I it know. lasts for like a minute, and you're like, "Dude, this you're is obviously idiot. not a prank." I actually wrote that. Cause I have two set. I have my phone notes when I'm watching the movie and then my notes notes that I write after that was in my phone notes. I didn't translate it to the document, but I wrote that too. Cause I was like, I hate this cliche of yeah. the whole, like stop. Like, I know you're just messing with me. Like, 
Come on. And it would be different. It was like a cop if out. She gets the walkie for like five seconds. Yeah, for He's sure. Like, help, help. He's like, how'd you, who is this? How'd you get this? And then Kevin takes it. Yes. Oh, uh, that's or that, Dennis, oh, you know, takes I it. just literally pictured that in my mind. That worked so much better. So much better. Yeah. It, yeah. The girls in the other rooms didn't start looking for things around the closet <laughs> rooms to escape until the lady showed up, yeah. until Dr. Fletcher showed up, which was like several days later yes. after they were put into those rooms. So They're like, Jay chilling. I'm looking for things around that closet the moment I get put in there for to sure. get out. So that just felt completely unrealistic to me. Yeah, because I guess they could have whipped out that hanger a little earlier. I know. Until the like, last buzzer beater second. They're like, is there anything to get out of here? And I'm like, you didn't think of this Well, the beast is ago? coming now, so yeah. you're kind of done for it. Um, I know you already kind of went through some things like you would change. Is yes. there anything else? Uh, so I don't think so. I I can't drive the knife in any deeper <laughs> towards good old Marcia. But dude, she just dude. We drove John hard. She really. Though. That's true. That's true. She just. She kind of irked me. Just didn't she, do it for she you. She just did not do it for me. Pretty. I. I. I'm sure she's awesome. Yeah. I bet in every other movie she did, she just killed it. Yeah. In this one, there was not like a single moment where I was like, "Wow, that was good." Like she just irked me every time. I don't know why. I just can't get past it. Yeah. That's like every line was so dumb, or that's maybe fair. that was her delivery. Maybe that's a, an example of the delivery problem, but. I don't know. Yeah, I I agree. I added that the I think the intro could have been a lot scarier. Yeah, um, it was more weird than scary. Like yeah. him getting in this car, and yeah. they're like, "Who are you?" And then he just sedates them. Um, yeah, that's fair. I guess his character isn't scary in that scene, but I still think that there's there's room. Dennis. Dennis. Uh, I said, "What if Dennis or Patricia or any of the other personalities took Claire?" and did something horrific to her, elevating the stakes of what could happen to the other two if they stepped out of line. Claire's the one mm. who escapes first, and then yeah. all Dennis does is separate her from the other two. True. But to make it truly a horror, what if, like as soon as Claire example. doesn't, like, so, yes. So, Claire doesn't really get punished other than being isolated. So, yeah. the stakes of escaping, trying to escape, aren't really that high. Sure. So we go back to stakes. Like, imagine if Claire's tongue had been like cut out and scooted under the door for the other girls to see or something. Oh my gosh. The stakes are higher. The scenes <laughs> increase in intensity. It's scarier earlier because now you think, oh my gosh, like if they do escape and they get caught, now they're going to be punished. I'm flabbergasted. I right know that's now. so wild. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Your mind. Wow. <laughs> But do you need help? Do you need a hug? <laughs> Does that have to be your tongue? Maybe no, your, your, no, no, a finger no. or something. I, I joke, but that would be very effective. I just think it, it's scarier earlier. And a yeah. lot of the reviews that I know, we'll talk, talk about reviews here in a second. A lot of them were like, it was too slow. And like, yeah, I mean, it really wasn't a horror until the end. It's yeah, it's really not. And so that would immediately like raise the stakes of horror right off the bat. Yep. I would have changed the ending to Kevin getting killed instead of making it out of life. Ah, okay. So, and I know a lot of our changes go in within hot takes, but... Yeah, because they obviously set up a below average sequel. Yes. And he dies in that one. (sighs) Which I have so much to say. I know. I just wish that maybe would have... I agree. I think it would have been better for him. The ending, Casey shoots him multiple times with the shotgun. He realizes she's not broken, so he doesn't kill her, and then he falls and dies. Yeah. That would that's what I think could have been better. Um and 
I don't know. Like, yeah, I have a lot to say about the sequel. Yeah. Um, and then my biggest one, which is what we ju- were just saying, <laughs> uh, what I would change. I would not make this a part of the Glass series. Yeah. Definitely more of a hot take, but dude, this film so bad. would be so much better as a standalone. standalone. So much better. And tying Unbreakable and Glass into, into this dilutes the quality of the film, 100%. in my opinion. Especially because those films have the genre of drama and thriller. And yeah. this is supposed to be horror. So don't mix the two unless you want the horror to become diluted with drama. For sure. Well, just, even uh, the very last like scene, the movie's over. But then there's that diner and that this scene. Yes. Probably the cringiest part for me in this entire I thing. I agree. But she's like, man, they had a guy just like this a few years ago. Like, what did they <laughs> name him? And then you hear Bruce Willis. He's like, Mr. Glass. And she's like, oh. And then walks away. And then it's just pure setup. And it's so it obvious. takes me out, dude. It was so forced, so bad. So bad. That it like docks a lot of credibility for this yes, film. Yes, and I'm like, come on. Which I like, hate, but. You could have kept, well, obviously Glass couldn't have been made as a yes. film. Um, but could have kept them separate it just felt like a money maker i forget glasses of film oh, dude yeah don't because it i think i watched it once and i was like this is no oh that's my shite. least favorite um casting i think the casting was good for the most part yeah especially james mcavoy and anya taylor joy but 100%. like you said the other two girls maybe could have been recasted yeah but i don't really see the purpose unless you make those characters a bigger yeah i think film. it's fine i think hey lulu is fine yeah that's all <laughs> i'm not gonna comment again on <laughs> Haley. if you're listening please don't hate other girl uh marcia marcia <laughs> marcia um title of the film oh no least favorite part of the film i said the tie to unbreakable and glass yeah i said the exact same thing because i just think it's ridiculous and stupid and i hate that scene so much look it up on youtube if you are not going to watch this movie or if you do wait till the very end and you'll know exactly what we're talking about because it's the dialogue and the the way it's executed it's like watching a bad dance choreography like it just feels so awkward yeah it's so forced and it's just again like you don't need a freaking you uh, you cinematic don't to, universe yeah for sure between these random characters yeah. like it just felt so like what for like, sure. what are you doing have like, you seen unbreakable i haven't i watched it after split not recently but like when i first saw split because i was interested and i mean it's all right it's anyways it's yeah. all right apparently it was a it was a box office success and that's yeah it, it didn't get like any critically claimed praise or whatever yeah Title of the film and movie poster. I think I'm indifferent about the title. <laughs> I, I said the same thing. It's simple. It's to the point. It works for the sake of the plot. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I enjoy the subtlety of the name. It's not the best but, title I've ever heard because it's not like original or anything, but I mean, it's yeah. like, it makes sense. For sure. Uh, the movie poster had so much potential to be way cooler. Dude. Yes. Because it's just half Such of his a face missed opportunity. and some shattered glass or cracking <sighs> glass, which there's an alternative, po- altern- oh my gosh, Al- alternative poster. Yeah. Um, have you seen it? It's James McAvoy. He's standing there and he's casting a shadow, but that shadow, instead of just one person, it's split into like mm, different people. That's a better 
They totally should have gone with that yeah. because that looks so much cooler to me. It's way more creative. Yeah. So I I have an idea too Ooh. of what the poster could have been. I love this also, part because you always have some whack <laughs> poster idea that works so well. I need help is what the, you're saying. Um, her tongue is the poster. Her tongue <laughs> on the floor under the door. No. Uh, also, I really hope the, the shattered glass isn't supposed to allude to glass. Yeah. Okay. Or I'll punch I'm pretend, a metal door. I'm going to pretend it doesn't. <laughs> So my idea, punch a metal door. <laughs> Imagine a plain white background and just a poorly drawn 2D scratch art of what the beast could look like. Mm. Then maybe a little boy standing behind him cowering. Then all caps split in black lettering that spans across the bottom of the cover. Dude. Here's, I just got a new idea. Okay. You know, one day when we have a million people listening to this bad boy, we need some like fans who are like artists. Oh, make some fan art of our to, ideas. Like, take these ideas that you throw out and like draw them up. That would be <laughs> so cool. Cause I think it would be so cool to like, cause I pictured in my mind, it'd be so cool to like have a tangible visual of what mm. you're describing. I think that would be super cool. It'd be so sick. Yeah. Man, missed opportunity. I, hey, it's one, one of, of my least favorite posters, I think, of our recent. I agree. It release. probably is my least favorite. Cause it's super bland. Yeah, it is. Um, just the potential that it has. For know? sure. Do we agree with the IMDb rating of 7.3? 7.3 feels pretty high. I agree. I'm not mad about it. Like, I'm not going to rage and, you know, throw a fit about it. But I, I do think, because obviously I think the concept, the mm-hmm. acting, two strong points of the film. Yeah. However, <laughs> with complaints around the tie to glass and the dialogue. Yeah. Maybe like a, maybe even seven point one. That's like even just point two. Make it a little more comfortable for me. But even that's high. I said at the most seven. Honestly, yeah. I think that because it's definitely got its flaws. Yeah, like James McAvoy, his performance alone. I'm like, oh, like I don't want to put it in the sixes just for that reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the tide of glass, sure. dude. That's what kills me. Yeah. It kills me. Let's get a movie where Christian Bale is Patrick Bateman <laughs> and James McAvoy. He goes up against the beast. That would be that would be an entertaining movie. Is it a little chillier in here? It's kind of getting I might have to take the sweatshirt off. <laughs> Say less. But chili, I mean I meant like actual chilies. Forget it. This is because it's hot takes holiday. Oh, it's wait. so hot, it's cold. <laughs> For, forgive yeah, you me, said please. is it chilly? I'm like, yeah, I should take my sweatshirt off. I know. It's the it's opposite just, effect. Uh, we're not at the chill factor yet. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm a freaking idiot. Hot takes hallway. Okay. We're on crack. Boom. Clap, baby. Favorite reviews, one in 10 star reviews. Kick us off. Okay. 10 star. They didn't get it, is the title. Okay. Part. I thought that was the whole thing. No. That's that's it. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. Um, this was a really long one. I shortened it. Okay. Firstly, you're going to crap your pants. I have I to compare have, so. this movie to La La Land because <laughs> this is what is considered Oscar material and Oscar performances in 2017. If La La Land was an Oscar movie, this is effing Citizen Kane. Loved the Bruce Willis cameo and that there's a cinematic universe somewhere between all those uneven films. 
this film delivers. It has an amazing performance and realistic characters and a surreal and nearly sci-fi but engaging plot. The movie doesn't take sides. Murder is not a taboo in this narration. It may be an act of God or some creature close to him. The characters that surround the protagonist are also flawed in many ways and not very likable, with a couple of exceptions. There are obvious and delightful references to Psycho and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. One thing is certain, this movie is not for people who always had it easy. One thing I have realized about these reviews. (laughs) The 10 stars are just the the worst. The fatal flaw is comparing them to cinematically masterful films. Yes. La La Land is a cinematically masterful film. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane is one of the most notable films of all time. We'll learn about that if you take a film class. Like the blueprint. I'm sorry. I guys. We like this movie. It's in our top 50. It out. But you've got to chill. La La Land. (laughs) It's that one speaks to my soul because I love you love that. Not to expose myself. La La Land is my favorite film of all time. That's your number one. It's my number one. And I think it's number six on mine. So like, holy crap. No. 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 Absolutely not. You don't get to do that. Yeah. No so. way. Which, is there an argument to be made that James McAvoy should at least be considered for a nomination? Sure. Sure. I can deal with that because it was phenomenal. I yeah, I stand with that. This isn't a jam-packed Oscar-worthy film where you're like, yeah, The film win. itself is not Oscar-worthy. No, no, no. Okay. Well, mine is titled Amazing Movie. One of the, which you trumped mine because I saved mine for a similar reason. One of the best movies ever released, dot, 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 similar to Get Out. Again, Get Out, such a great film. Split is a great film. It's not that great. It's not Get Out. Has this person seen two movies? Isn't the other one Get Out? (laughs) It's the same person. Come on. Uh, I, yeah, saved it for the exact same reason just because I feel like it's so blasphemous sometimes to compare these movies to like wait was that the, the whole review that's the review are you serious somewhere to get out yep boom you gotta be kidding me one star uh the one stars okay my title a terrible movie cashing in on mental illness mm. not really sure what else i can say other than this movie is awful and stereotypes people with mental illness as crazy insane criminals as someone who has experienced actual experienced actual mental health issues, this movie just further discriminates against us. This movie was unneeded, unwanted, and does more harm than good. M Night brings another piece of crap piece of crap film to screen. <laughs> Dang, it is interesting to hear from somebody who yes. feels personally Which, affected by. It. That's not the only review I saw that said something along those lines. Interesting that they had personally experienced some sort of mental illness and they were frustrated by the portrayal of mental illness in this. I film. mean, I could I could see that. Um, Which, I mean, talking about Orphan, there are a lot of people sure. who and the, the foster and foster, adoption community yeah. were pissed off. So, yep. Um, one star review, shameful stigma of mental health. Kind of on the same note. We mm. kind of went on the same track yeah. here for our reviews. We did. Uh, mental health should never be used as entertainment. Mm. You wouldn't go and see a film about someone who broke their leg, would you? So I think the comparison's a little off <laughs> because we have seen films like that, like 27 hours or whatever it's called. Or you wouldn't see a film where a guy gets ripped to shreds by a bear, would you? Exactly. Like the Revenant, um, uh, Leonardo won an Oscar. you tried to make that. I see what you're saying. 127 hours. Uh, yeah, 120. I said 27. Oh, you said 27. <laughs> 27 hours. Um, no, I, yeah. 
You try uh, to make the comparison. I get what you're saying. It is, again, interesting to hear from people who have experienced um, mental health in that way. Yeah. So that's kind of my my thought on saving it. But because I... It's obviously a controversial film in that way, which I feel like we've already had quite a lineup of controversial films. Yes, and I I made note of this later, but A Beautiful Mind, have you ever seen that film with Russell Crowe? I have not. It's about schizophrenia, and it is wonderful. It's a brilliant film, and it's like, it's not a horror film. I mean, it's just like showing him dealing with schizophrenia, and I think that like that is a great example of like a movie that's really, really well done. That's really highly praised. So it's shown in psychology class at school. Oh. Uh, I actually had, so my sister told me that Split was shown to her in her psychology class. Oh, that's interesting. So I, that, that alone can be a pushback on those reviews because sure. I think that- It's being applied in an academic it's setting. It's showing- you know, that this stuff does exist. I mean, this is yeah. based on a true story. This isn't like, yeah. I mean, based, very loosely based on a true story. I mean, yeah. Um, There's some similarities though. Yeah, so it, That's it's interesting. very interesting. Do we have any hot takes about the film? So, oh, this boy. is a little hot, which I don't know. I think it works. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know though. I may have dialed back how fantastical the film gets. I love the beast mm-hmm. and that concept concept, but I think it could have been just as creepy. Like you would have kept it more, n- more human. normal. Like he's okay. just a guy who thinks he's turning into this beast mm-hmm. and he's just kind of like this animalistic guy who's going crazy. He doesn't have like black veins and yeah, bulletproof and like, skin. Yeah. For sure. The bulletproof skin for yes. me, like she pops him with a shotgun point blank yep. and he just kind of walks it off. Totally. And I was like, ah, I wish it was just more of this guy just, kind of losing it and he thinks he's this beast and because that would be that would still be scary yeah he goes from a normal guy to like someone who thinks he's an animal and like eating he could still do the whole like eating the girls and yeah anyways that that was my hot take i know some people really like the supernatural superhuman strength and like the abilities but i may have kept it a little more i agree i actually made it same exact note Really? I said, I don't think the beast was scary. Yeah. Um, I get that Shyamalan is trying to make him as humanly realistic as he possibly can within the confinements of like, I don't know. But like, he he draws the line at making him bulletproof, which feels completely unrealistic. Yeah. So either make it more creature-based and more fantastical or more serial killer cannibalistic. Yeah. Which is what you're saying. You would prefer. And I didn't feel like there were very many rules around what the beast's capabilities were. Yes. And that took away from me. Uh, yeah, I could see that. He was kind of, yeah, just, just literally a superhuman. Yes. Bulletproof, strong. He just turns into the superhero and you're like, okay. Yeah. It's not really Which is a big theme anymore. in Glass. Like he's like, he wants to be referred to as like a superhero, like a comic book counterpart. And yeah. It's just, that's where you kind of lose me a little bit. I but, agree. Um, that's it for me. Okay. I have a couple more. Light them up. The biggest one is obviously my anger towards it being a cinematic universe. Yeah, fook that. Yep. Nope. Um, I'm glad the other girls died. Yeah. Which you actually already said. I uh, agree. It added a level, a level of horror I wasn't initially expecting, especially whenever you first see that shot of him eating yes. out of her stomach and you're like, oh, okay, this is a horror It does film. intensify. That one shot in particular intensifies everything. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I applauded that shot. And then my last one, it was a little too slow of a build. Yeah. I think it had gradual. a lot more potential to gain more tension and intensity throughout, you know, putting horror as a genre focus. Yeah. It didn't really feel incredibly focused on being a good horror film. as I, like It's like se. a thriller first with sprinkles of horror. Yes. Yeah. Until the end, which I like, again, kind of goes back to the idea of upping the stakes while the girls are trying yeah. to get out, like maybe being more brutal towards them. I yeah. don't know. It's like you're eating a plate of eggs just plain and dry and then you get to the last egg and you're like, yeah, I'm going to put a little salt on here. That salt yeah. is the horror. Which now that I think about it was probably, I mean, it was obviously Shyamalan's goal to make you like Kevin. Mm-hmm. And if you, he starts torturing the girls earlier on, you yeah. don't, you won't like him. Yeah. But still, I don't know. It's just, it's not mm. really that intense until the end. Sure. Have we heard any hot takes we agree or disagree with? Um, I saw a lot of people in like your review praising yeah. the connection to Unbreakable, Ugh. saying, "Yeah, it's just a great connection, and we have the cinematic universe." And I'm like, "Get that out of here!" Like, I, I, I don't know if you guys know this already. I hated that connection. <laughs> it's terrible. I think it's so dumb. It's so <laughs> it's the worst. Cringy. Part of the film. It really is. That ending scene just takes it all away. Yeah. I added. I. And we kind of already touched on this. I feel like I can't really agree or disagree with the hot takes about cashing in on mental health. Yeah. Uh, I really feel like that wasn't Shyamalan's intentions. I've also never struggled with mental disorders like that. So I I feel like I personally don't, like I can't have a say. For sure. I did read a review where a girl said, I'm ready for this mentally ill people are dangerous trope to seize. Uh, So that would be, that would be tough. So here are my initial thoughts on that. Okay. A- the term mentally ill shouldn't really be used as a blanket statement due to certain disorders opening up more doors for dangerous actions than other disorders. So uh-huh. I feel like you can't really blanket statement that. So that's yeah. not fair. B, we already talked about this in episode two about Orphan, but you just kind of have to expect the genre of horror as a whole to take what is good in the world and either twist it or only yeah. showcase the bad aspects of for it. For sure. 100% agree. And then C... Like I already mentioned, there are films out there not in the genre of horror that elevate trauma and mental illness in beautiful ways, like A Beautiful Mind being one of them. So yeah. go watch Beautiful Mind if you haven't seen it. Um, did you have any more? Nope. Okay. I had a couple more. Sorry. No, <laughs> you're good. I'm just talking so much. Somebody said it was frustrating that Casey only lives because of her abuse and that her backstory was only crafted to allow her to live. I disagree. Because that's like the entire point the Beast is trying to make. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He's broken, so he just wants whoever else isn't broken to die. Well, yeah, the broken are more evolved. Yes, and of course, there are so many other broken people in the world, so it doesn't feel randomly orchestrated to me. And it's it's evil and twisted. I think that's one of the better parts of the whole plot. I completely agree. And, you know, it doesn't, like, mean Shyamalan is trying to elevate being broken as a good thing. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think that that was like what he was doing. So I just think that they perceived it wrong. Next one, I said, I know it's a little too, I know I said it was a little too slow, but some of the one-star reviews who said it was bad because it was too slow would never be able to watch a film like Goodnight Mommy and enjoy it. Oh, no way. So that film feels like, I feel like a little bit slower than you. I mean, it just depends. Here's the subjectivity of horror is like, you can't be like this is a bad film. Yeah. If it and your reason be that it's slow. Yeah. Cuz I'm like that is well one 
film is art and art you yes. use subject. Lastly, I saw a review that said they hated the climax. And I think that it personally, other than James McAvoy's, you know, char- like his character, yeah. was like the best part of the film. So I don't know like what they're thinking. <laughs> um, yeah. However, if you're tying in the ending slash resolution into that, then I completely agree. Yeah. Someone else said that they didn't think the film knew how to end, which I totally agree with as well. Yeah. They kind of just threw in that tie the shoehorn. Yeah. Your favorite. Oh, by scene. the way, Bruce Willis. Everybody didn't a person <laughs> like Mr. <just> be- Glass. <laughs> Like, wasn't there like and there's that like cool like music it's like <laughs> yes. you're like no and he like takes a sip of his coffee and it's Ugh. like split yeah um, that sucked what is the hottest of all hot takes so that La La Land is still <laughs> lingering in my mind I'm not gonna lie it has to be the comparison to my favorite film of all yeah, time yeah that's that's pretty steep also the comparison to Citizen Kane that's like just yeah for sure stop yeah Stop Absolutely. comparing. You can't do that. What would be a worse name for the film title? <laughs> so mine's really dumb. As but, they, I, you know, they're normally yes, so please, sophisticated. No, I love yours. I said, Mr. Tumnus, the lion, <laughs> the witch, and the wardrobe. Because McAvoy played Mr. Tumnus. Yes. The beast is the lion. Oh. The witch is Patricia. Oh. The wardrobe is Barry. Okay. Fashion. Which beast? Boom. Boom. That's it. Mr. Tumnus. Shout out. Love you. Shout out to Mr. Tumnus. Uh, I had three. Oh my gosh. The first one. Oh no. 24 crumbs. <laughs> 24 crumbs. Yeah, this is That's so bad. awesome. So bad. Um, next one. <laughs> Kevin Wendell and the crumbs. <laughs> I love That's the utilization of crumbs. I know. I just love the name crumb. And then third one. Disney's Beauty and the Beast 2. <laughs> hey, I mean. Hey, you know. Uh, Ani Taylor's The Beauty. Yep. All right, Chill Factor. Breezy Boys back at it again. The Breezy Boys are back. Woo-hoo, it's chilly so, in here. So now I can take. No. No, I'd want to leave the sweatshirt on. I can't <laughs> seem to remember how to wear clothes. It's okay. You said it correctly. I said it terribly. <laughs> so. Um, no surprise. I said James McAvoy's performance. I also said the same. So spectacular. He just deserves a round of applause from Chamber of Chills. It makes me feel a little sub zero in these parts. (laughs) Whatever that means. I'm so sorry. (laughs) These parts of the woods. (laughs) These parts of the woods. I said an honorable mention, honestly, was him hitting out the lights while crying on the ceiling. I just love that shot. Super good scene. Final recommendation. Do we recommend this film to everyone or only a select audience or maybe nobody at all? I would say so. I mean, like if you're down to give it a shot, you may, I can't guarantee you're going to like it, but I would give it a shot if I was into like, if you're into thriller, go for it. I was going to say, I'd recommend it, especially if you're a James McAvoy or Anya Taylor-Joy fan. Yeah. I think it's definitely more easily watchable than some of the other films we've reviewed and it's PG-13, so it's a lot more mild than some of the others. Definitely. Well, does that wrap it up? That wraps up Chamber like a, Chills. I almost made a reference to a mummy, but that literally has nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> so we'll save that for later. Uh, but well, for whenever folks, we get to the mummy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In our top 10. Uh, <laughs> with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Is, this, is that even a horror film? I 
doubt it. That's got to be action. Come that's, on. That's got to be action. Look this up. Let's see. Okay. I'm betting action, maybe thriller. Maybe thriller. It is adventure slash horror. No freaking way. <gasps> we could have put the mummy in here this whole time. Come on. Man, all right, let's restart. Uh, yeah, let's start from our number 50. <laughs> Just kidding. Number 50 is the mummy. Um, well, folks, that wraps up another bone-chilling episode of the Chamber of Chills. Woo-hoo. Thanks for diving into the fractured mind of Kevin Wendell Crumb with us as we reviewed Split. Mm-hmm. Before we sign off, we have the uh, part of the episode where we allude to next week's episode. Got a little riddle action for you. So uh, here we go. A creature awakens after many long hours. On the open road, it spreads its fears. Not bats, not birds, but something that leers. With wings that flicker and eyes that gleam, it hunts in moonlight a terrifying dream. What film is this that makes your spine shiver? A monster on the road with a name that delivers. Boom. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. You can find us at The Chamber of Chills on Instagram and TikTok. And as always, we want to hear from you, our horror-loving listeners. Mm -hmm. So if you've got any hot takes, crazy theories, or just want to share your favorite horror film, shoot us a little little message. A little something. And we'll block you. (laughs) (laughs) We will call the cops on you. Uh, Yeah, let's keep these horror discussions alive. Stay tuned for uh, more scares in the next episode. Until then, remember to uh, lock your doors, check under your bed. Keep listening to the uh, Chamber of Chills, baby. Stay spooky, everyone. Stay spooky.